Welcome to us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And if you are wanting NFL playoff talk, skip ahead a while. because Probably a while, yeah. We're going to start with ASU basketball. Um, they, a, a road Pacific Northwest sweep. Yeah. For the Sun yeah. Devils. Yeah, and, and, and uh, like winning like, at Oregon in, in dominant fashion, honestly. I was going to say, a convincing win against the Ducks, who then turned around and beat Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Second straight week, we uh, have, you know, beaten the team on Thursday that's gone then gone on to beat Arizona the next, you know, two days later. Um, and, and you know, we didn't didn't play as well against Oregon State, you know, down by 16, but, but got back to within three at the half, and then... You know, uh, held on. I think we were up eight late, and then it was down to one. Like you know, so a little, little nervy. Um, but uh, yeah, hey, we are, uh, we are, we, you know, four game win streak, six and one in the conference, three conference road wins. Um, you know, it's it's really looking very good right now as we sit here mid January. It's you know. I, I have seen some prognostications, uh, bracketology-wise, that after the sweep, they've had us coming off the last four in line yeah. to the, you know, I saw one had us ranked as high as seventh. Really? Um, I okay. I, going, I saw a couple in, you know, nine or ten range. Yeah. Um, but, but, okay. I saw yeah. one seven against Boise. Um, okay. But a lot of nines and tens, which, you know, that could be worse. Like that's it, yes, that's it could. comfortably yes, in. It could. I mean, you know, uh, like I texted you after Saturday's game, and and I, you know, it was the first time all season really Saturday's game was where I felt myself, you know, angsty checking the score, and and that's always a sign that like, all right, this these are starting to mean something, and and you know, it's good and bad. It's it's bad for my you know my my uh my insides my emotions but it's but it's also good to have those emotions like these games these games feel like they mean something now yeah it is very it's very fun in these moments to to remember like oh yeah i used to be this invested week in and week out yes yes i mean and the last two years you know, by this point of the season, it was kind of like, well, you know, I guess we could get hot and win four in a row in March and get to the tournament. But that was about the only hope at that point. And so to be, you know, in the position that, hey, we're, we're checking the bracketologies, we're checking the bubble watches, we're checking the top 25 rankings on Monday morning, seeing mm-hmm. where ASU sits or if they say, like, it's, it's a good thing, you know, and. I mean, we still have 13 more regular season games. I'm not getting ahead of myself, but uh, it's it's just fun to kind of have this emotion of like, all right, these games feel like they matter. Uh, you know, there's there's something on the line with each game now. Yeah, well, and it's... I, I know this is not... It's hard to say this with a team of transfers and things, but it's a, it's a team with guys who you can root for because it seems like they care. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's been a really good mix. You know, I, I mean, we're going to talk NFL later, and, and a few weeks ago, I compared us to the Vikings, and the more I the more I think about it, it sort of it reminds me a little bit more of the team the Vikings just lost to, which is the Giants. Like we we remade things. We're probably not that talented, um, but we're the the sum is greater than the parts. And, and we're just kind of, it's a fun team to follow. It's like this team is overachieving. Um, and, and it just, it feels good to, to be on this train right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's a little reminiscent of that Dennis Erickson football team, it, you know, in that like, hey, look, they're winning. And, and winning breeds winning. And, and now this UCLA game, which... You know, at the start of the conference season, losing to Arizona after losing to San Francisco, by the time you got here, you thought, well, maybe we'll be, you know, three conference wins. We already had two. We had the two in hand. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, like, I maybe mean, we'll get to three hoping, by then. Yeah. Could we be at four and three? And, and, and yeah, instead, here we are, six and one. And they're, I believe, seven and oh. 
and so it is. It is. I mean, and, and exclusively in second because everyone else has yeah. at least two losses, two or more. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, it's 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 January, and conference titles are not won or lost on January nineteenth. But the fact of the matter is, it is for first place in the conference as of tomorrow night, and and that's a you know, gosh, I mean. We haven't played a game for first place in the conference in a while at any point of the season, unless it was maybe the opening game when we were, you know, trying to get to one and oh, but yeah. to be, you know, seven games into the conference season and have that opportunity is pretty good. Pretty good. Given, you know, where we've been the last couple of years, especially. Well, and coming into the season, right, we, we talked about this year's team needed to be a comfortable tournament team for Hurley yeah. to be a comfortable seat. Yeah, yeah. And Which so far the trajectory is is that, so far. They are delivering to this point, and, and the thing is, may I may live to regret this, but doesn't it sort of feel like he got back a little bit to what he had done before to be successful? Probably, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it, we don't have an elite star. I mean, Nunez is, was a four-star recruit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, I think, in terms of personnel, I agree. It, it's, uh, it's um, you know, it got away from the, you know, we're going to go get Josh Christopher. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about a subject that's similar to that later on with football. You know, it's seductive. It, it very much is. It's seductive to get the stars and, you know, and when it works, it's great. But sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And and obviously our team two years ago was a great example of that. Uh, you know, that we, you know, as we, I think we talked about this last week, that team probably had more talent, raw talent than this team. But the parts didn't fit together. And this team feels like just the opposite. Like it's, I don't know if there's an NBA player on this roster. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. nobody that I see right now that I would say, oh yeah, they're going to be in the NBA. Yeah. Maybe there will be, who knows, but it, but it's, it's working very well together. Well, and it's the, you know, it's one of those things where it's a, it, it's reminiscent of sort of the Dort Cheatham team in that yeah. you've got a guard Collins who you trust. You've got good defenders one through five, Yeah, which that was, yeah. you know, we talk about the amount of money Lou Dort signed for this off season and, and the NBA career he's had. His mark at ASU was he was a full-length, full-court defender. Like, right, he would right. just dog you, and that's sort of what we're doing now. And with the Cambridges, yeah, you know. Yeah. I would say this is, I mean, I think the numbers back this up. This is the best defensive team that Hurley's had. Oh, yeah. Like, complete team. Like, you're right. Dort was a very good defender, and she didn't, you know. But team-wise, like, I, we've never under him really felt like we were a good defensive team. And this year has been that pretty consistently all year. And, and part of it, I think you wonder, is this, you know, a factor of no more Burno, you know, no no more Joel Justice, and, you know, you got the guy from Loyola. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, I mean, it, it, it has to be somewhat that. I mean, you know, and, and maybe it's just him realizing, like, hey, you know, the, the run-and-gun, guard-you thing, uh, you know, it was good for marketing. But, like, unless you have elite guards, you're probably going to get beat. You know, more not every game, but, you know, like, you got to be able to stop the other team. And too, too many times of late it's been this, oh, guard-you. But it's like, well, we're not a really good shooting team, and we're not a very good defensive team. So what do we do well? I think we had this conversation over the last couple of years, like, what is it about this team that you can hang your hat on? Well, defense is something you can. You don't have to be the most talented team to be a good defensive team. And, and so maybe it's just a philosophical, you know, realization from him that, you know, we, we need to be a better defensive team in order to compete because we're not going to get the superstars consistently to, you know, to out-talent you. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it's worked. You know, like he's 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 mixed up a good set of ingredients this year, and and like I said, it does. You know, I know it's a cross sport, cross level, but it does sort of remind me of this New York Giants team. That it's like I don't know how talented they really are. I mean, we're UCLA is by far and away the more talented team tomorrow night, 
and yet I think we could win the game because it's at home and we've just got some mojo going for us right now. Yeah. Um, let's pivot now. Let's talk a little bit about ASU football. So news breaking right before the podcast, uh, DJ Foster is back in the fold. He's managing player development. Yeah. Uh, which is big. You know, yeah. We, yeah. we talked about with Herm, the lack of former ASU players, you know, having multiple Wildcats on the roster of coaches. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always funny, isn't it? I mean, as you, we were talking about that right before we started with the recording and reminds me so much of kind of what Tracy Smith did with baseball or felt like, you know, he kind of alienated the past and, and Herm kind of did that too. I don't know if as consciously, but that's what ended up happening. And then the next guy, you know, it's, it's such a, I mean, in such ways, it's such an easy win before you ever play a game. It'd be like, Hey, we're going to, we're, we're going to re-embrace our past. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Why did we ever stop? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, when we, when Dilling, before Dillingham got hired, I was joking, you know, but half serious about, you know, do you get Taylor Kelly, Burko, um, some of these guys on the staff? Eric Hagan, yeah, yeah. And he didn't do that, but he got Amy and he got a bunch of, you know, high school coaches who everyone knew. Yeah, yeah, and, and definitely, you know does seem to be embraced. Now, you know, ASU baseball has a more glorious past than ASU football. But ASU football's past is not terrible. It's not, you know, it's not embracing a past of, of you know, ineptitude. We've had some we've had some good runs. And, you know, aside from Pat Tillman, it seems like, you know, the program had kind of forgot about that over the past few years. I mean, Pat Tillman's a layup. Everybody embraces Pat Tillman when they can because, you know, it's, a, it's an easy PR win. Um, but yeah, it feels like, you know, trying to, trying to get people back on board and get people energized about, about the program. And, you know, now we've, now we've got a schedule. We know, you know, we knew we had eight home games. Now we know the layout of said eight home games, which not, not bad, you know, no, not bad. I mean, it's certainly, you know, I don't want to say it's an easy start because it's, you know, Oklahoma state, Fresno state and USC, you know, three of three in a row they're all at home but they're not necessarily easy games any of them but you know to, to open with five of six at home your your only road game in there is at cal not a not a real brutal you know road environment before you're by I mean, you, you you really certainly feel like if you're gonna make any noise this year you gotta you gotta do it right away you can't get off to a two and four start because the second half is much tougher well the thing with having a gentle relatively open in terms of home games and things. Yeah. It is you've got not just a new coaching staff, but 40 odd new scholarship players. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. I, I, I've seen the count keep, keeps changing, but it's, we're up over 40 now. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot. I mean, it is going to be a, a, you know, really feel of a, of a just, I mean, like I said last week, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to do a lot of, a lot of work in the spring and looking at that roster and like, you need to know who these guys are because yeah, there's not going to be a lot of carryover, but yeah, I mean, you know, five of six at home to start can't be viewed as a bad thing, but again, you know, like, I mean, Oklahoma state's going through some, some weird stuff. A lot of guys leaving, a lot of negativity. So that maybe isn't as hard a game as it appears. But, you know, Fresno's a very good team. USC is probably going to be preseason top 10. So that's, you know, and then Colorado is that last, you know, the last of the five or six, which they will probably be improved at least. Um, you know, not not many gimmies in there, but still very manageable to start out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it does get tougher after that. I mean, the, the back half... Much more challenging, I feel like. Yeah, but it does, you know, break relatively well. USC early, although that right, the problem with that is USC will be coming off a bye. So to oh, the they ex- have a bye the week before? Yeah, so to the extent that. that they're having any issues in their first four games because they play week zero. They do, They'll right. have a Same week to, yeah. they'll have, or first three games, right? They'll have a week to 
get right before yeah. coming to town. Yeah, yeah, they got a they got a pretty. I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, pretty pretty light intro. Three three in a row at home: San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. Stanford probably going to be, I would think, among the among the lower tier of the conference again this year. So you know, way early to do this, but you'd be surprised if they come in anything worse than three and zero based on that schedule. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. It, like, I mean, I'm just noticing one thing we one thing we do not have, which we seem to always have, is a November trip to the to the Northwest. We go October 21 to Washington. And and you know November road games are Utah and UCLA, so that's that's a breath of fresh air in a way. Yeah. We usually always have that mid-November Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State trip. Now Utah may not be that pleasant weather-wise. No, no. But... I mean it's it, that's a tough game, no matter what. That's a good team, and uh, you know, like November's tough. I mean, you know, you look at like at Utah, at UCLA, home to Oregon, and home to Arizona. That's a that's a tough finish. And the two before that at Washington home to Washington state, like, you know, it's early. We don't know, you know, teams surprise and come out, you know, like uh, teams that you think are going to be really good, maybe aren't and vice versa. But, uh, you know, certainly, you know, that first six feels like you, you know, if you're, if the goal this year is a bowl game, which means six wins, I feel like you got to get through that first six at four and two. Yeah. Probably. I don't, I, you know, going going any better going three and three or better over the last six seems like an uphill climb yeah um the there is good synergy that that we haven't seen or at least maybe i just haven't noticed uh between football and basketball right now in terms of supporting the basketball program, you've got a lot of players coming to the games talking about how we got to fill Desert Financial Arena. I saw yeah. uh, Borgay tweeted about that. And it's like, hey, great. Be, you know, let's all boost each other and, sure, and then sure, boost sure, the yeah. NIL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it'll, it, you know, we, we talked about it a little, you know, but it should be a really fun atmosphere tomorrow night, I think. I mean, this is, you know, I've seen some. Folks, you know, Kyle Dodd and, and the like on Twitter, you know, uh, this is the biggest home game since whenever. And I mean, it, it feels like one of the bigger ones in the last, uh, God, I mean, three years at least, I would say, uh, you know. So, yeah, that I mean, I, I know we're on football, but I'll, I'll shift it back to basketball for a bit. Like, you know, I hope we do. I hope it's a great crowd tomorrow night. You know, it's it is it's in the capability of ASU fans to produce a great home court crowd. We've seen it. We've been there for a couple of them in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and so hopefully tomorrow night will be one An eight thirty start doesn't help, but still, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be a pretty good atmosphere. I did enjoy speaking of the Kyle Dodd tweet. I think Dodd tweeted something like biggest game since when, and Ruslan Pativ tweeted since I played there, which I thought was <laughs> <he really>? classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, we've we've played obviously you know Arizona games and stuff like that, and the Kansas game a few years ago that that we were in the, in the building for. Uh, you know, it's it's not the biggest game in ASU basketball history or anything, but you know, it's it's been some lean times. I mean, if you go back to you know right before the season shut down in 2020, I think this is without a doubt the biggest home game since then. I don't. I don't think there's much to pay. I mean, because you know, most of the twenty dash twenty one season, there were no fans. Yeah, and we weren't very good. And then last year, uh, we weren't very good. So you know, I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say it's the biggest in a three season span, and maybe back further than that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the other thing with football this year, as we're talking about it. Like, it's a really. I mean, you, you hope that, that the attendance and the atmosphere are much improved. You know, it was it was rough last year. It was rough on you and I. It was rough on, a, on almost all fans. But, boy, you got eight home games, and it's an attractive home schedule. Oregon, mm-hmm. USC, Colorado, which is more exciting than they've ever been. Yeah. Oklahoma uh, State's you know, Arizona, a good non-conference. Obviously. Oklahoma State and Fresno State are good programming. You know, I, Fresno probably doesn't appeal to, you know, a casual fan but it, you know if you're a if you're a college football fan you know fresno state's a solid program you've heard of them um you know so 
much better schedule. You got the new coach. You got some excitement around the program. I hope it translates. You know, we'll we'll see. That's I was talking about that a few weeks ago. Like it's up to it's up to the fan base in some ways to you know put the money where their mouth is. You know, you want you want changes. You want things to be better. But you got to be a part of that change. Well, and you got tickets for the game, so you are. Living up I to that admonition. Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get tickets for some football. I don't, you know, gotta, I gotta decide my, you know, my travel agenda for the fall. But I'll be here for some of those games. And and yeah, I think I'm even gonna, I'm gonna buy my ASU tickets through the ASU ticket office. You know, and yeah, like I said, do my little small part. If everybody who claims to be an ASU fan and who like you and I have bemoaned, like, oh, God, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, we gotta be better. If everybody does that little small part, that, that would go a long ways, I think. Not going to make us Alabama or Texas or Ohio State. I realize that, but it certainly would help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, while, while on the subject of football, you know, we should probably talk about this Jaden Rashada situation with Florida and the Florida NIL. Um, So I will let me give you my primer understanding and you fill in the gaps where I'm missing. So Rashada, highly regarded recruit out of Pittsburgh, California, had committed to Mario Cristobal and Miami in November flipped that commitment to Florida and it was reported that he had received a $13 million NIL contract from the Gator Collective. The Gator Collective uh, contract was supposed to be $13 million spread out across four years. Rashada had signed the agreement. I think everyone sort of agrees that there was a signed agreement, but the Gator Collective did not have anywhere near the funds based on ESPN reporting anywhere near the funds to do that. They were banking on relying on other boosters who had made commitments separately for NIL to, to help bridge that gap. Yeah. And they were unable to secure that. Um, Rashada was supposed to enroll for spring ball. He'd signed his letter of intent And the spring registration deadline opened. He didn't register the first day, didn't register the second day. He didn't register at all. The deadline closed. Uh, And now we're finding out that he is asked to be let out of his NIL, and he's contemplating suing the Gator Collective and the school for a breach of contract and to allow him out of the deal. Yeah. On paper, at least publicly known, the biggest NIL blow-up to date certainly biggest blow up now I, you know the one thing i've you know read both conjecture and people who claim to know that the 13 million number is vastly uh, you know out of proportion with reality that he was never you know he, there was no way they were actually gonna you know 13 million and that's just you know conjecture um but yeah certainly you know i mean it's interesting because i heard you know there were rumors that he went to miami because of NIL promises or he committed to Miami because of that. And, and, you know, I've read, I read, I can't remember who it was. I read somebody recently, you know, a recruiting guy that said, you know, uh, you know, he told me he wanted to go to Florida just a few days after he committed to Miami. So the, the kid definitely seems, and I don't know if it's his, you know, parents or his advisors or whatever, but man, he's, it's a little bit of a circus and, and maybe I could throw out the little bit and just say it's a circus. Because, yeah, you know, gosh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. And, and of course, this, you know, the relevance of that to ASU is that, you know. His father was, played at was, ASU. Father played at ASU, which, yeah, I didn't know that until recently. And, and um, you know, he was aggressively recruited by Oregon with Kenny Dilling. And they, mm-hmm. of course, you know, in the, in the as the world turns sort of, you know, they got Dante Moore instead, who then didn't actually go to Oregon. He went to UCLA after Kenny Dillingham left, and then they got Baylor's commit, and blah 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 blah. And, you know, your head spins when it when it's all settled. But nonetheless, there's a connection with Dillingham and him, and there's some thought that you know if, if he does get out of his letter at Florida, that you know ASU would be on the potential short list 
of places he would go. Now, I, you know, I'm going to be the wet blanket here and say, if he's looking for a big payday, I, I don't think ASU is the place. You know, I, I mean, unless he's going to get that money from Florida and not go there, which I doubt. Yeah, I, I don't think that is going to happen. I it, First of all, like, I... I'm not a Florida lawyer. I don't know the contract law there. But what I will tell you is, in these situations in sports, you usually don't get to just recover the whole amount. You get to maybe, you maybe get to recover the delta between what you could have gotten and what you were supposed to get in the contract. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I mean, you, you may, you may know if this is possible. I, I mean, I think it is like, some of these numbers that get thrown out, like, oh, he's going to get $13 million over four years. Isn't it very possible that there are, you know, caveats to this? Like, you know, well, you get $13 million over four years if you win the Heisman all four years. And yeah. And you win four I mean, national they, titles. Be... Like Incentive-based, basically, like an NFL deal. Yeah. You know, well, it... if you win the uh, MVP six years in a row, you get $100 million. Like, well, you're probably yeah. not going to. Well, and it's also, you know, we've talked about how much is a guarantee – versus a like what if he loses the starting job we, right you know right yeah we've, we've yeah. seen that the the big star of clemson and oklahoma they they both left exactly uh, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i i don't i don't believe the numbers i really don't um you know, I think it's, uh, you know, again, maybe at a, at highest of high end, like, oh, you can make up to $13 million if you're, you know, a three-time Heisman winner, a four-time national champion, and the number one overall pick. It's like, well, all right, sure. I guess if he does that, he's worth that. Um, who knows? But I guess my fear is this. Here's my biggest fear with going after him and potentially landing him is uh, it seems like his decision-making or again, maybe his family's decision-making has been based on money, 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 money. And that's fine. We can't compete with that. And so what's to say he doesn't come here, you know, get a year of coaching and then go looking for the biggest payday in the transfer portal next offseason. Well, and we've lost a guy to USC every year in this world. Like, doesn't that just seem like if things don't work at USC this year and he came here that he would just – Go there. Yeah, or something, you know, I mean, like, for somebody who, you know, again, and, and like, look, priorities are priorities, and, and, you know, not everybody has the money that, you know, the Manning family has, and so, you know, if you want to chase the payday, by all means, do it. That's fine. But if his priority has been, you know, make money, is not going to give him the most chance to make money. It's just not, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying he, you know, can't get anything here, but you know, you're not getting, you're not getting seven figures to come play for ASU. It's not happening right now. Um, and so I just, I worry that it's just like, well, yeah, you know, it's not the old days where if you got a high school commit of a five-star quarterback, you'd think, wow, okay, he's our guy. He could be your guy for a year and then he could bolt. Yeah. Like Quinn Ewers did to Ohio state, basically, you know, use him for a year, get a, get a year of quality coaching, Make some make some money. He made a lot, you know. Apparently, doing that, and then go to Texas, where everyone assumed he was going to end up all along. Yeah, well, and it's just, you know, what is, like you said, what does the contract say, and what does it take to get it, and what is the clawback? Right. You know. Right. Because if it's prorated just, over four years, like I, I will say this as a casual observer of athletics at the college level and NIL stuff, I would put like, let's pretend it is 13 million. Mm -hmm. I'd put seven of it on his junior year being at Florida. Probably. Yeah. Cause, cause if I'm him, I don't want it to be in my senior year. Cause I might not be here. Uh, right. Right. True. And if I'm them, I don't want it in your freshman or sophomore year, because if you leave after one year, what good does that do me? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, it is seductive to go after him if you're ASU. Um, but you've got Pine and Conover and Bourdais. Right, right. And and if that prevents you from, 
you know, getting the guy, and I don't know who the guy is, but let, you know, if there's a guy you want in the 24 class, like I would, I would rather put my eggs in that basket. I'd rather get the guy you want 2024, a guy who hopefully wants to be here, even if he's not a five star. I mean, I'm not saying I want to, you know, a walk on, um, but you know, get the guy you want, the guy who wants to be here and, and, you know, make the best of it with this year. This year's team is probably not going to be great anyway. So, you know, you got, Pine, as you said, Pine, Conover, Borgay. You got three guys who are probably, you know, one of them should emerge as at least a competent starter for you. I mean, Pine That's, won eight games last year. He did. He did. You know, with a better team. I mean, he's not going to. But you know, I'm just saying, no, if you're looking no for a competent roster, starter. But, but still. Like, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You know, solid, solid football guy. It seems like he, you know. He's he's invested. He you know he wants to you know he wants to work hard. He wants to be here. Like you know he's not a superstar, but he's he's good. Um, and, you know, and I think he'll take well to the to the coaching. Um, uh, you know, he's not going to have a Bo Nix like year. I don't think he's that type of player. But if he could be a serviceable starter, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those that. You know, like you, you, I read it, and at first you think, like, oh man, boy, that that's I'm interested, sure, and I am. If you could tell me that we were going to get the kid and he was going to be here for, you know, three to five years, sure, sign me up. But I just worry with just you know, make ASU just a short little stopover on the way to you know chasing a bigger payday next off season, and it's like, well, what did we get out of that? Nothing. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is. He's now missing spring ball, whatever right. school. Right. So, so you're not going to probably get a ton from him next year anyway. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, it just it feels like you know, it feels like chasing the you know like you're you're chasing you know miss popularity when in reality you should just you know realize. I mean, it's like a high school rom com. You know, like the, the the girl in your chemistry class who wears glasses is a better fit. Mm-hmm. You don't need to date the cheerleader. She'll probably leave you before prom anyway. <laughs> you know, have I seen too many of those movies? Probably yes. But, uh, you know, like that, I feel like it's apropos in this case. Yeah, it, it look, it's a, you want a Jim and Michelle Levenstein situation. Exactly, exactly. He's, you know, Jaden Rashada might be, uh, you know, maybe not Nadia, because Nadia seemed like a nice person. Um, but you know, she was out of Jim's league. It wasn't going to be right. Yeah. It's, that's very true. You, mm-hmm. you need a, you need a Michelle. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So look, as we, as we put a, a bow on this Rashada situation, I think it's a, if he comes, it's an open competition. And if he wins, that competition, great. Sure, sure. But I'm not counting on it. And and my fear, if I if I was the coaching staff and I was thinking about bringing him in, my fear is: do you risk next year having no quarterbacks? Right, right. You know, because yeah, you, you know, do, do, do Pine and Conover leave? Right, and, and which they could. You know, you know, and and then you're left. You know, and then you miss you miss on you know. Again, if you miss on the guy, you won 24. I don't know who that is. No idea. But I, I have a feeling that they've got some, you know, oars in the water of, you know, somebody they want for the 24 class. I would just, I would rather get the guy then. Whether it's a transfer, you know, a young transfer that's got a bunch of years or a high school recruit, doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it's, that's the difference now. You know, like Ole Miss got that Walker Howard kid today. He's got four years of eligibility. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like that, that's like getting a high school recruit, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll, the, the other thing, too, I think, before you, you know, before you do so, and, and, I mean, Dillingham was involved in his recruiting at Oregon, so hopefully he knows this, but, like, God, who is who is advising this kid? Like, who's making the decisions? Who's pulling the strings? Because it's not just the Florida mess. It's the Miami commitment, which was kind of like out of nowhere. And then he doesn't, stay, you know, and it's like, man, what, what are we doing here? What do we have? Yeah. 
in college football, which I think we may have learned a little with the late reporting of, you know, Jay, you know, Jane Daniels' mom, which came right. at the end. But you kind of are marrying the family sometimes. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with a with a big star recruit, you know that's that's part of it. And again, I don't I don't know if it's his parents that are pulling the strings or if he's got it. You know, an agent advisor. Obviously, you know those those things are are more out in the open now than they were before. Um, you know, whoever it is, it's like, man, I, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to feel good about that before going forward. Like, you know, because you just, especially as a first year coach, I don't think you want to bring in somebody who, you know, is bigger than the team. And if this kid, and maybe he doesn't, but if he does think he is like, and stay away from that for now, that's something you could do after you've established a a culture and success and you could try to bring in the superstar and hope that that fits in what? But when you're, when you're a brand new slate, I don't, I don't necessarily love that. Well, and this also, I think goes to the having 40 new guys, Exactly. you know, it's yeah. not like you've got, and maybe this wasn't the right example, but you don't have the Soweli brothers and Merlin Robertson who've been there forever. You yeah, know? you don't. Yeah. I mean, really this team, is completely almost completely lacking in, you know, veteran leadership as far as guys who've been around this program. Uh, you know, there's, yeah. there's some older guys that we've, you know, transferred in and stuff, but like, yeah, I mean, right now, if you ask me, you know, who's, who's your, who's your locker room leaders? I have no clue. I mean, I guess you could say Trent Borgay is maybe one of them because he was the starting quarterback and he's been around a while, but he may end up being the third string quarterback for all we know. Mm-hmm. So, outside of that, like it's it's uh, there's not a culture established here at all. You're you're in the process of trying to do that. So I don't know about bringing in someone, you know, that brings the circus to town. And it certainly appears this kid would bring the circus to town. Well, and not for nothing, if he's in an active lawsuit in Gainesville, yeah. Florida, he he's he's not going to have to attend a lot of things. But he's going to get asked a lot of questions right. about it, right? Right. And, yeah. and he's going to yeah. be a distraction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just don't think it's. I just don't think it's worth it at this point. I really don't. Now, I could, you know, if he ends up going somewhere else and he's a freshman All American next year, and we go, you know, four and eight, we have you know three guys that start a quarterback. You could say, boy, good call on that one. Feel free to throw it back in my face. But right now, I would say, nah. Let's let's stick with the guys we've got. Let's find a long term answer. Hopefully, you know by by next signing day, and leave it at that. Yeah. Let's uh, let's pivot now. Let's talk a little NFL playoffs. So yes, uh, man, for a good long half, felt really good about my Charger Super Bowl pick. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. They were. Uh, I mean, they looked good, and it looked like the you know the Jags were just uh, just crumbling. Um, you know, it looked like the, it was like uh, it was a nice run. They got to the playoffs, all right, no big deal. But uh, yeah, that it you know that touchdown right before the half, you can you can disbelieve me if you want, but I I was watching and they scored that, and I thought they could come back and win this game. Like they're only down by twenty. The Chargers are known for these sorts of collapses, and by God, they did just that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's gonna be one of those strange back to the drawing board things for the Chargers because you know Herbert's young, but the four AFC quarterbacks are twenty seven and under, so it's not like oh well, right. once Brady and Rogers are out of the picture, there's... Ri- right. Like, they're out right. of the picture. Yeah. They're not in the playoffs at all now. Right, exactly. You know? Exactly, yeah. No, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I, I know Tua and, and Lamar Jackson didn't end up starting for their teams because they were hurt, but, you know, the seven AFC teams that made the playoffs all had, you know, their own... You know, they picked their starting quarterback in the first round within the past, you know, 
what, five or six years, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two who just missed the playoffs, you know, the two closest were the Patriots and the Steelers who did the same. So, you know, like there are a lot of, a lot of good young quarterbacks in the AFC and yeah, it, that's, that's not going anywhere right now. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, they're not going all the way to a rebuild. They've got a lot of talent. There were injuries at receiver that, and there are things, but yeah. that, that is a, a big collapse. Uh, yeah. Were you surprised that they, uh, they didn't pull the plug on, on, on Brandon Staley? Staley? No, if only because I don't know where you go. Like, boy, Sean Payton, I thought. Like, I, I mean, I, but are you willing to give up a first round pick? I don't know. And, then, and you know, are you willing to pay? And, the, you know, Spanos has not always been known as the most aggressive spender. Um, but, you know, the reports all year was that he wanted that job. He, you know, he's living in L.A. now working for Fox. He wanted that job. And, man, when that happened on Saturday night, I thought, well, boy, this is this is all lining up. You know, like you have this epic collapse. You can move on from Brandon Staley without too much, you know, uh, backlash. And you bring in Sean Payton. But apparently, not going to go that route, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know that Sean Payton, like, how do I put this? I think he's a really good coach. Did, did you know, an excellent job in New Orleans. I'm not, not sure that Brees. hiring Sean Payton is a guaranteed, you know, Super Bowl. No. I mean, you know, he, he had a lot of good teams in New Orleans and he won one Super Bowl. Now, one is better than zero. But nonetheless, like, you know, they they had a run there over the past few years, they, you know, 13-plus wins year after year after year and, and did not even get to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I was like, you know, good coach, and they missed him this year. They certainly did. But I'm not sure hiring him is like, well, just, you know, hand him the Lombardi trophy now. Uh, not not quite. Yeah. I So the other thing which I think – I'll give credit to Kyle Odegaard because he tweeted this. I think it was him and, and, and I saw Jody Ayler maybe had a similar take of the reason why Peyton's not interviewing with the Cardinals is because they've already established the Cardinals aren't willing to pay the the price to acquire Sean Payton. Yeah, and, yeah. And if that's the case and those two guys seem like guys who'd be tapped in to know right. that, Right. Yeah. I, I wonder yeah. if we had that with the Chargers as well. Is like they just Possibly. knew from the outset. It's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, it. You know, maybe he waits it out because it'll you be know, cheaper next year. He said. Yeah, and and you know, maybe he thinks you know if he does really love the Charger job, do you think? Well, you know, like okay, you know, next year it'll be easier to move on from Brandon Staley, and I'll be I'll be sitting right here waiting. Well, or maybe and, uh, Sean McVay walks away from the Rams. I was going to say, and the Ram- you could have both L.A. jobs open. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Rams don't seem as well positioned for future success right now, but who knows? That's always one of those, like, it's easy to say that, but, like, who who thought last year at this time that, like, oh, you know, a year from now we're going to be talking about the Lions as an up-and-coming contender? Nobody. And then, they, you know, they played well, and, you know, who thought last year at this time the Jaguars would be in the final eight? Nobody. So things change quick in the NFL. So I, I don't know that I buy the whole like, oh, the Rams are headed for, you know, long term suffering because they went all like, maybe, but maybe they'll make a couple of trades and guys will get healthy and they'll be back in the playoffs next year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I mean, I remember that discussion last year with the Packers and Rodgers, and it's like, you know, well, you know, why would he not come back to the Packers? That division stinks. Besides them, well. Uh, the Vikings went thirteen and four, and the Lions went nine and eight this year. And like, oh, that, that that division didn't stink as much this year. So you know, the NFC East last year was terrible. This year, they got three of the last four in the in the NFC playoffs. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be interesting this off season. Um, and obviously, you know, you draft right, and it gets, you know, it can change quick. You know, it the, can. It the can. Lions did all this effectively without a first round pick last year because uh, Williams was out for so long. True, true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like, I think the NFL, more than the other three pro sports, you know, things change quick. Teams get, you know, you get on a run and all of a sudden, you know, a team, I mean, like, were the Vikings really that good this year? Probably not. 
but you know they they had a manageable schedule to start out. They won some close games. Starts to snowball. Would it shock you if next year they went seven and ten? No, it wouldn't for me. Uh, you know, but but that's the kind of year they had this year, and so who knows? You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's that's a different you know a different tangent for a different time, I suppose. But that whole like, well, we know what the picture is going to look like next year. We really don't. We really don't. You know, like it, it, things change real quick in the NFL. Yeah. So I guess I I question what you know. Where do you think as a as a person who observes the whole NFL? Yeah. Are there trends that you're seeing now that like? I saw somebody declared like the the new quarterbacks are here. This is it. Are are we done? Are we done How with quarterbacks been, older than twenty eight? I mean, maybe you know. Yeah, okay. You know, there has been like in the last few years. You know, Eli retired, Breeze and Roethlisberger and Rivers, and you know, you start to see the old guard. You know, sure. So yeah, that's true. But you know, everybody always writes those think pieces. Like you know, I mean, twenty years ago it was the mobile quarterback. It was McNabb and Vic and McNair, and you know, the pocket quarterback is dead. Like, no, nah, not really. Uh, you know, there's still plenty of pretty good pocket quarterbacks, and uh, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, like uh, certainly it seems like there's some changeover at the top. I mean, it was, it was not a, not a very good year for Brady, by the way, I want to note it. MVP curse lips. Mm-hmm. I, I picked him to win MVP. He had his first ever losing season. He loses in the first round of the playoffs. Like you're welcome. You're welcome. America. I gave you a bad Tom Brady season. Yeah. You're, you're the hero we all need. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can you can think about it for the next you know seven eight months. You let me know like maybe somebody you really want to have a bad season next year, and I'll take it under advisement. Yeah, to pick I mean, I, I'll tell you right now if Kirk Cousins comes back to the Vikings, I wouldn't mind a Kirk Cousins MVP okay. pick. I'm probably not going to pick Kirk. Cousins. <laughs> it's got to be believable. That's the thing. I gotta. Well, I, I mean, look, we fate. you and I both know that you're going to pick Kyler next time. So that's the thing. I, I've thought about that, but I also like, I don't think I, it's, it's gotta be somebody that like you could make a realistic argument. And I, I don't think you could do that next year for him. I may do it. We'll see, but I don't want to tempt the gods and be like, Oh, I'm just going to pick the Cardinals quarterback every year. Cause then they might smite me and be like, okay, fine. Uh, the now comeback right. for, for danger, Russ Wilson. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a bad year for him. Although I think he could have a bounce back year. That that could work. That could work. I, I don't know. I'm kicking around some ideas, but I'm not going to go on record yet. Uh, let's just say I will not be picking, you know, Josh Allen to uh, Trevor Lawrence, et cetera. Guys I really like, nah, no, I, I will not put that evil on them. Yeah, well, speaking of guys you really like, uh, Josh Allen looked fine. In the playoffs, yeah, again. yeah, he looked yeah. good. That was a, you know, that was an odd game. I mean, they were, they were an overturned call away from twenty-one nothing, and it looked like you know they were going to roll, and it kind of felt like you know they took their foot off the gas a bit and kind of thought like, ah, okay, seventeen nothing, we're good. Dolphins are done, and and you know, Dolphins came back and had the lead in the third quarter and pushed them a lot more than I expected, and the Ravens did the same to the Bengals. I was surprised by both of those, honestly. I thought that the Dolphins had an oddly coached game. Uh, some of the decision-making, settling for the field goals made sense. It kept a minute. Yes. <laughs> but yes, then agreed. you get to the end, and it's like he didn't know it was a fourth down, and they have no timeouts. So you, Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, well, they – I mean, like I watched a lot of that game. They cheated delay of games multiple times. The, that's um, a, a little quick, you know, another side tangent. The NFL's inability to actually enforce a 40-second play clock is baffling. This whole, like, you know, well, it's only a delay of game if it hits zero and then the official sees it and then the official, like, like, have a shot clock. It works in basketball, doesn't it? But it's not a shot clock violation if it hits zero. And, oh, well, the official didn't see it, so I guess it, it's okay. Have a buzzer. 40 yeah. seconds, boom, done, over. Well, I think there are two things that I noticed this year more than I've ever noticed before. That and offensive tackles 
moving early, getting out of their stance early. Yep. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yes, I have. I've seen that a lot too, and it's and it goes uncalled a lot. Uh, I mean, the, the Eagles' quarterback sneak that has been so effective this year for them—it's a false start every freaking time. And I like the Eagles, but I mean, I, I went and saw them play the Cardinals. I saw it in person, and and I remember the first couple times they did it, thinking, "Well, that's a false start." Like, oh, they didn't call it. How about that? Like they're letting the line move before the ball is snapped, just barely, but nonetheless they're moving. Yeah. So that's again a side tangent, but uh, yeah, it was it was. Um, I, I'll say this: like I give Mike McDaniel credit for the fact that they were even in the game because, like, I thought they were gonna get just blown out, and I, and I think he did a really nice job coaching them this year, but. Was that his finest hour at the end with the play calling and the getting the play in on time? No, it, it certainly was not. Um, other thoughts on on the games from the weekend? A lot of well, a I lot mean, of competitive games. Very, yeah. The you know the the last game, which was the sweetest as far as I'm concerned to see Brady just eat it, um, was was not competitive at all, and, and was glad of that. Um, you know, Niners game the final score fourth quarter wasn't competitive they were down at the half so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like they you know they blew the doors off them the whole way and then yeah the other four you know pretty much came down to the last couple minutes um you know last last play in the case of like the ravens um ravens clock management left a lot to be desired too on that drive huddling up two times under two minutes clock running uh, you know, like I know that it was almost like they were playing a video game. Like we're gonna we're gonna score with zero on the clock. Like, well, that's that's great if you can manage all the, the details like a video game, but it doesn't work that way in real life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that was a little bit um, left something to be desired. Giants Vikings was a heck of a game. Yeah, probably. I mean, like I would say that was the most fun game, just like all the way through, back and forth. Uh, Daniel Jones is making me a believer and I was not one before the season I, I kind of thought like well you know he'll probably get benched halfway through the year for Tyrod Taylor and that'll be that um, but he's he's played well and he was really darn good in that game yeah it's um, it's really something to see when you have big market teams who write off a guy and then have to like walk back their write off yeah, you know, like yeah, the fan I mean, base had written off Daniel Jones, and now they're oh, like, for eh, sure, you know. for sure. And, and you know, I heard somebody, I think it was on the radio, I was listening this week, like, you know, well, they didn't pick up his option, and now they're going to pay him. Like, it was the right move not to pick up that option. Through three years, he had not shown much of anything to make you think he was worth that fifth-year option at 20-plus million dollars. Look, yeah. he, he, he answered the call. They didn't pick up the option. The call was, all right, prove us wrong. Make us look like fools. That he's done so. And, and I think if you're the Giants, you're happy about that. You, you'll pay the premium if he continues to play this way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, it's know, kind I mean, of uh, a, you know, Washington Kirk Cousins, where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to make him prove it, fine. You can franchise sure, him. You can franchise, franchise him, him next, next year, year, too. Yeah, and I, and I think they will if they can't work out a deal. I can't, I mean, you know, he's he's been good. He seems like a good fit. That. That Dable guy's done a really nice job. I mean, you know, credit to him and the GM, Joe Shane there, also from the Bills. Like, they took over a team that, that's very, it's got some significant deficiencies, and they've got them in the final eight of the playoffs. Uh, you know, like, they're not one of the top eight teams in the NFL talent-wise, mm-hmm. but they're they're playing well. They're, they're winning tough games, uh, you know, and they've got some good young talent, uh, you know. So, like, it's, it's impressive. They've done a nice job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, it was a fun weekend and and some interesting ones coming up. Should we should we go through them one at a time? Do some picks? Yeah. Um. Well, so we've got the returning one seeds, which yes. that's in its own right kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it it's still still getting used to that you know that it's only one team that gets a buy. This is the third year of that, and it still feels a little weird. Like you know, you see everybody except those one seeds on the first week yeah. So the the Chiefs host the Jags Saturday to open. Um, I I would be shocked if it's not a Chiefs beatdown, frankly. 
Yeah. I mean, I think the Chiefs will win. Um, you know, they played there in Arrowhead in mid-November, and, and it wasn't completely lopsided. Like, you know, the, the, they won, but it wasn't a total domination. Um, it could be. I wouldn't be totally stunned if they did, but Chiefs have also shown a little, little bit of vulnerability. Like, you know, they played two really close games with the Broncos in December and January, and we know the Broncos stink or stunk this year. Uh, maybe they won't next year, but they, they certainly did this year. Um, so, like, there's there's a little bit of vulnerability there. But, yeah, I'm still picking the Chiefs. I think the, the Jags' run has been a heck of a run. They 3-7 and seven to making the playoffs, to winning a game in the playoffs. Sets a great foundation for next year. And it's probably on to next year after this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the late game Saturday, Giants at Eagles. And... I don't know. I'm impressed by what the Giants did. They appear to also stay relatively healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, which means Barkley's healthy, which means they have a yeah. chance. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, Ojalari got hurt in that game, but he's going to play, apparently. You know, other than that, they, they seem to emerge pretty unscathed. And, uh, you know, and I, I wonder how much Week 18 matters. They didn't, you know, they didn't play their best guys. They had nothing on the line. The Eagles did, and the Eagles barely beat them. Like, you know, they scored one touchdown. It was kind of a – they won, but it was ugly. Like, is there a little bit of, of confidence the Giants take from that, that, hey, we went in there with with a practice squad guy as our starting quarterback. They didn't even start Taylor. They, you know, they promoted Davis Webb from the practice squad and, you know, had an onside kick to try to get the ball and go and score late. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that matters. I, and – and some was off with the Eagles at the end of the year. Now, maybe it's just health. Maybe they'll be, you know, but like those last two games, you know, they scored two touchdowns total uh, at home, both of them against the Saints and the Giants. And the Saints certainly were not a very good defense this year. And like, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, this is the toughest pick for me, I think, of the weekend. And I, and I know the records say Eagles and a laugher, but I'm, man, I'm tempted to pick the Giants. Not sure if I'm going to yet, though. You make your pick, and then I'll make mine. I I'm taking the Eagles. The Eagles are okay. a touchdown favorite, seven and a yeah. half point favorite. Yeah, they've had a bye week to to prepare. They should be healthy. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna I mean, take it's always, them. There's always that like because you don't see them play, and you see the other team, and obviously the other team won a game. That it's easy to fall into that like well. You can have an upset. Maybe that's what I'm doing here. Yeah. So I, I'm taking the Eagles. I, I, I just think they're healthy. They are talented, and they they won the division. The, they did. They a did. Comfortable you're, prob- I mean, <laughs> you're probably right, and I think you 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 talked me into just making the making the conventional wisdom pick and picking the Eagles. I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna do what I did with Georgia and Ohio State, and I'm gonna pick the favorite. But I'm gonna say I wouldn't be surprised. So that way, I can say I was right either way. It's kind of an Adam Schefter esque move. Yeah, I, I love it. I think that's uh, you know. The- but I, I agree with you. I think you're right. You know, the Giants are sort of like the Jaguars. Both teams, you know, they've they've out kicked their you know expectations this year. Nobody's gonna be upset. Of, you know, like oh man, you made the divisional round. Like all right. I just feel like, you know, it's it's sort of the same. We've talked about, you know, uh, Ravens-Browns, or Ravens-Browns, Ravens-Bengals and Bills-Dolphins. Division game, you know, you've seen the team twice. Those games tend to be close. Tough to play a team three times. You don't surprise them with anything. They know what's coming. And they feel like the Giants have a little bit of confidence against them after that Week 18 game. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I just... I, I'm taking the Eagles. I, I will tell you, I am the game I'm most excited for is the early Sunday game. Bengals Bills. Yeah. That yeah. that to me could be a, a classic. It could. I certainly yeah, I would say I, I would agree. I I'm going to take the Bills, but man oh man. Am I impressed by what the Bengals have done again? They're, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so, you know, 
I picked the Bills before the season to win the Super Bowl, and last week I picked them to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong because I like them, but I'm picking Cincinnati in this game. I just I don't trust this Bills defense. I get I don't know if I said this to you last week because I might not have thought of it yet, but the Bills remind me a lot of watching the early 2000s Colts. Like really good offense. And, and this reputation that, oh, their defense is good. And it's like, no, it's really not. They get a lot of turnovers. But, man, they give up a lot of yards. And if you don't turn the ball over against them, you can put up a lot of points on them. Yeah. Did I say that last week? Have I made that comparison before to you? Yeah, we you did mention okay. it. And, and I think it's... It just feels similar to me. Yeah. Uh, like, and they know, don't like have a Bob Sanders. so They don't. They don't. I mean, and they you know, they do have... Some key injuries on defense. I mean, you know, Micah Hyde's missed most of the year. I know supposedly he might come back if they make the AFC title game. He's been out most of the year. You know, Von Miller obviously went out. He's out for the year. So, like, they're not full strength. And I just, I don't know. I watched a lot of that game last week, and they're talking about, you know, this this great Bills defense. I'm like, I don't I don't see it, man. I've watched a lot of them this year. And you can, you can have success throwing it on them. And the Bengals are not a good, you know, like that's not a good matchup if you if your pass defense is your weakness. Now the wild card I would say is is if the Bengals offensive line injuries are as bad as they seem. Well, they keep piling me, up. They keep what piling up. The I offensive know. line. Injuries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know the one guy's got an ACL, so he's out. Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about the other two. If they'll, you know, I don't. I didn't see like practice reports or anything today. I don't know if there's a chance for either one of them to play. Um, but uh, that, you know, that obviously plays into the Bills' favors. They do have a good pass rush. And I just don't have confidence, man. I hope I'm wrong. This is a totally one of those picks where I want to be wrong, just like when I picked Tampa last week. And I was wrong, and I was very happy. Um, but I'm picking Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I'm taking the Bills, but I, I'm just expecting a great game. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it should be. I mean, definitely the... The Sunday doubleheader feels like it's you know got the got the recipe for two really good games and you know you you, you finish with the classic Dallas San Francisco matchup. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know more more even in terms of you know at least going in looks like more even competition in those two games. Uh, we're not the only ones who this is our childhood rivalry uh, that we no. watched, but. According to ESPN, the tickets as low as figure for that game, your get in the door price, four forty. That's probably without fees. I would. Assume. Yeah. 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 I know because I thought about going, <laughs> and I looked on. I looked on SeatGeek on uh, Monday night when the Cowboys were nearly putting it away, and I thought, let's see. And the cheapest with fees was like five hundred ninety-seven dollars. Like, well, I, I think I'll just watch it home. That's a bit much. Yeah. To sit in the high upper deck, I might pay that if I could get a lower level seat or something like that. But yeah, I, I think I'll I'll stick to watching it at home and let uh, you know Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson call the action for me. Yeah, I, it's what I'll be doing. But it's a it's a fun game. I mean, that is a that is a good old rivalry. They played last year, playing again. Uh, you know, different different setting, different 49ers quarterback than last year, but. Yeah, here we go again. I saw the suggestion of, you know, what do, if you're a quarterback needy team, like, for example, let's say you're Tampa. Yeah. Do you call the Niners about Trey Lance? Probably. Probably. And and if I'm the Niners, I'm listening, but I'm I'm not putting him out for sale. Like, you know, and I think you want to see what happens the rest of this year. I mean, like, you know, you win the Super Bowl, you're you're comfortable, you know. But but if Brock Purdy goes out and throws three picks this weekend, and I hope he doesn't because I really like him. I You know, I'm loving this ride. Um, but, you know, like things could change in a, in a 60-minute game, and all of a sudden, the, the, you know, the feeling could be, well, yeah, it was a nice run, but this guy's not up to it, and Trey Lance is our guy next year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. But let's say they win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. He, you know, he's good. They, they win it all. I mean, he's extremely cheap. Trey Lance is still only going into year three, so he's still fairly cheap. So, like, 
unless someone blows me away with an offer, I'm keeping them both. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, though, if you're another team looking, you get the benefit of Trey Lance learning from Shanahan. True. True. Yeah. For a couple yeah, no, years. No, I, I think it's one of those if you're the – I mean, it's the ideal scenario if you're the 49ers. Obviously, first of all, you win the Super Bowl. And then you can say, hey, we are we are perfectly comfortable, and you can meet it with bringing both of them back. There's no, you know, cap problems, whatever, you know, we're comfortable with it. And, but you, you know, you keep your phone on the hook. And if you, someone comes to you and says, Hey, we'll give you uh, you know, first round pick and a third rounder and a, and a, you know, established veteran guy or something. And you love that deal. Like, okay. Yeah. You make it by all means. Mm-hmm. Um, for the game itself, I, I'm, gonna take the Niners I I think you have to at this point you know they just seem to be firing on all cylinders and they don't have a kicker who all of a sudden got the Rick Ankiel like (laughs) yips man that was wild yeah 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 I mean that uh you know the first one on Monday night was so bad and I remember even thinking like whoa that you know I've seen you see a lot of missed extra points now with them moving back but you know like that wasn't even close and then yeah certainly that that has to be a concern if it comes down to a kick. Um, I, I'm going to take the Niners too. I, you know, Dallas is one of those that I'm like, all right, what, what did we see on Monday? Did we see them just beat a bad Buccaneers team? Because it is a bad Buccaneers team. I mean, that was, you know, Teddy Bruschi was on the Manning cast at the end, and he basically said, like, this is what I've seen all year. Like, you know, this doesn't surprise me, and he's right. So is that all we saw? Or did we see, like, all right, they – they exercise their demons. They want a playoff road game, and and here they come. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm, it's kind of one of those. I'm fascinated to see how they look on Sunday, because boy, when they look good, they look real good. Like you know, they're one of those teams that when they're when they're clicking, it's like how do you how do you beat this team? Great pass rush. Dax, Dak, you know, is in rhythm with Ceedee Lamb and the tight ends and Tony Pollard, and and it's like man. But then they have a game like. Week 18 in Washington, you're like, this team stinks. Uh, you know, they can't beat anybody. So I, I, I don't quite know what to make of them, which we should, you know, 20 games into the season or 20 weeks into the season, but I really don't. Yeah. Well, I'm taking every home team. I am. Okay. I'm well, boring. I took, uh, I took three of the four. I went I went Cincinnati. And, and you know, I, I think Kansas City was my easiest pick, and, and the hardest one was Eagles-Giants. And I'm I'm still on the fence. Uh, you know, I'll I'll reserve the right to send you a text and change that pick before Saturday night. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about all the stuff that's happened in the NFL and college basketball, and who knows what else by the time yeah. next yeah. week rolls another, around. Another big ASU weekend coming up, so we'll we'll catch up on that as well. Yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.